Thank you so much. Take your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Psalm, chapter number 95 today. The book of Psalm, chapter number 95. Thank you for that wonderful music. Did you enjoy seeing our uh, young people up here this morning? Yeah, give them a good hand. Um, beginning uh, today and starting with the fifth Sundays of uh, every month, you'll see them uh, getting involved in uh, our praise and worship and uh, many other things that is going on uh, with our youth. And so we're excited about that, uh, them getting involved. Today, I want to share with you uh, the last of the messages of uh, Thanksgiving, celebrating God's goodness. And uh, today, I want to share with you on the subject of the gratitude of an authentic Christian. The gratitude of an authentic Christian. We are now getting into, uh, in my uh, estimation and, and in my own life, one of the most exciting times of the year as we begin to think about Christmas and we begin to think about the birth of our Savior and we just begin to think about all the activities surrounding around it. Uh, this past week, my family uh, had the opportunity for the very first time and, and uh, for as long as I can remember, uh, being able to get together. Uh, my brother, as you know, many of you know uh, that have been here, um, has cancer and uh, he uh, was able to travel from New Jersey and uh, my sister, who has uh, or had uh, in the past, amen, cancer, and uh, God healed her, and she's uh, still uh, finishing up her last treatments, and she was able to travel from Tampa. My parents came from Jacksonville. We came from Carrollton, and we all emerged in a place called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> Myrtle Beach didn't know what hit them when we arrived, I'm telling you, but uh, we all stayed in one place. Now, that's exciting. It's good. We had a great time. Uh, there was, uh, I think there were 17 of us in uh, one uh, condo, and uh, all the cousins were able to get together and play and have fun, and uh, we went on the beach. We had Thanksgiving together. It was a great time. It was a time of reflection. It was a time of Thanksgiving, of what God had done this year uh, in the life of our family, and we began to talk about Christmas and all the upcoming celebrations and excitement, and you know, the truth of the matter is this is that if we didn't have Jesus, what would we have? If we didn't have Jesus, if we didn't have the Savior, if we didn't have the celebration of the birth of our Savior and, and the fact that he didn't stay a baby, that he, was, he lived 33 and a half years and he went to an old rugged cross to die for you and I, to save us from our own selves and to save us from the sin of the world, we would have no reason to have Thanksgiving. We would have no reason to have Christmas. And this morning, I want to share with you just a few thoughts, probably nothing you haven't heard before, but just the idea of being a, a, a gracious and a, and a person of thankfulness in your authenticity of being a Christian. You know, uh, we, we love to use that word Christian. We talk about we live in a Christian nation. We talk about, oh yes, I'm a Christian. But can I, can I tell you that I believe with all my heart that, that Christianity needs to stop being a word that we use in a life that we live. It needs to stop being just, oh, oh yes, I'm a Christian. Oh yes, I, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and all that stuff is great. But, but taking all of the knowledge that we have and authenticating it into our lives. If I can use the example, it's like going up to the cash register at Target or, or, or Walmart or Belk or any other place that you went possibly this past weekend uh, to purchase items. And you walked up to the, to the place and the lady began to scan. And she had a big smile on her face. 
paycheck, 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 you know. She was excited. And you're on the other end of it and you're excited because it's a gift. It's a gift. It could be for you. It could be for someone else. And then you got out that piece of plastic. You know what I'm talking about, right? It says Visa or MasterCard on it. Maybe it says American Express and you slid it or you stuck it in or you used your phone or whatever the case might be. And it said processing. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes the longer it takes to process, the more nervous I get. (laughs) You know, I'm looking at that screen going approved is the next word. That's the next word, approved, you know? Can I tell you, that's exactly the way the Christian life is so many times. I believe people that accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they begin to live a Christian life, and then all they do is just start processing it. They never get to the place where they approve it. Study to show thyself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There is an often, uh, it takes time to authenticate our Christian life. And we need to stop processing the fact that we are Christian. And stop processing what God has done for us and has continued to do for us. And begin to live a life of approval. Begin to live a life that is authenticated. And being a Christian that loves God and serves God and gives the thanksgiving. And becomes the Christian or the person of God that he wants. You to be in an attempt to prepare for the future, Americans are constantly seeking information information about technology, about finances, about business trends, about health and safety. As a matter of fact, the statistics tell us that the World Wide Web expands by 17 pages per second, proliferating information. That's amazing to me. But you know what the truth is, is while it's not wrong to focus on the future. It is wrong to do so at the neglect of being grateful for the past and even the present blessings of God. It is possible that we can be so goal conscious that we can forget to be grateful. Thankfulness comes from thankfulness. You say, Pastor, that's not a word. That's all right. It's in the Wimberley Dictionary today. Um, Thankfulness comes from thankfulness. It comes from us beginning to realize what God has really done in our lives. Gratitude is the inward feeling of kindness received. Thankfulness is the natural impulse to express that feeling. Thanksgiving is following that impulse. It is saying that now we are going to put into actions the things that God has done in our life. Thanksgiving, listen to me this morning, Thanksgiving is not verbal. Thanksgiving is not a noun. Thanksgiving is a verb. Thanksgiving is doing. It is putting what we have and what God has done for us and with us into action. It is is making that Christian life authentic and doing what God has called us to do. At the beginning of spiritual decay in every generation, there will be the attributes of unthankfulness. You say, Pastor, what is unthankfulness? Unthankfulness is not saying, it's not that we're not saying that we're thankful. It's not putting thankfulness into action. And this morning, I want to challenge us to take our thankfulness and make it thanksgiving, our gratitude, and make it thanksgiving. The idea of unthankfulness began, as a matter of fact, in the Old Testament. 
we see that this idea of, of just living a life of unthankfulness is not something that's new. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 32, the Bible says, Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me without, days without number. It's amazing how God looks at this and says, my own people have forgotten me. And not only they've forgotten me, they've forgotten me days without number. It's continued in, in the first uh, century Gentile world. Romans chapter 1 says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was dark. And you say, Pastor, I would never do that. I would, I would never be unthankful to God. Again, I think we've got to understand that gratitude and thanksgiving are two different elements of the Christian life. It's, it's, it's great to, be, to, to say thank you, but it's putting that gratitude into action. And that's vitally important. And of course, it's going to be true of the last day. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. This know also that in the last days, the word perilous means unthankfulness or ungratefulness. Times will come. There'll be perilous times. It'll be crazy as people are no longer living a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Now, while a lack of gratitude is normal for a world without Christ at its center, the presence of true gratitude is an indication of one living an authentic Christian life. If you have your Bibles, if you're staying with me, the book of Psalm chapter number 95. The book of Psalm chapter number 95. We're going to start reading in verse number one. I, I apologize, and I know I've done this several times over the last few weeks with my voice, um, but if you'll just bear with me as we uh, go through Psalm chapter number 95 and look at our thoughts for today. The Bible says, O come, verse number one, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is great God. Excuse me. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Verse number four. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Verse number six, oh, let us come and worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is the people that do err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. I want you to look at verse number 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. Our Father in heaven, Lord, I pray that you'll bless the reading of your word. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the few moments that we have together. Lord, may you speak to our hearts. May we be authentic Christians. May we be people that not only love you, but put our love into action. Lord, we love you, but most of all, we thank you for loving us. Bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in the habit of taking notes, uh, you may be seated. If you're in the habit of taking notes, there's an uh, outline on the back of your bulletin, and you can do that. Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Number one in your thoughts, the foundation of our gratitude. 
What is the very foundation of our gratitude? Why should we be a people of thanksgiving? Why should we be a people that is grateful? You say, Pastor, uh, uh, we, we've heard for now several weeks why that, that God wants us to be grateful, and he does. But what is the very foundation? What is the very reason that we should be grateful? Because the Lord is the rock of our salvation. Thus, the foundation of our gratitude is, first of all, God's redemptive work. God's redemptive work. If I don't have anything to be grateful for today, I can be grateful for the redemption of Jesus Christ. I can be thankful that Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for you and me. God's redemptive work. Listen, I think sometimes in our lives we begin to take it for granted that we live in a nation where we can go and tell people about Christ and somebody took the time to tell us about Christ. And, and we take for granted what Jesus Christ really did for us. But can I tell you, that was one of the darkest days in history. When Jesus Christ went to the cross and he died for you and I. And, and literally he gave his life for a ransom for many. But he did not stay dead. The Bible says three days later he arose from the grave. And because of that, we have redemption. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus Christ's redemption was for you and I. And he loved you so much. He loved you. He didn't, I'm not speaking to everyone in this room. I'm speaking to you individually. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, the Bible says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the Bible says, thanks be unto God for his what? His unspeakable gift. His unspeakable gift. This past week, uh, as, you, as I mentioned to you, we went... Uh, uh, on a family vacation. But before we went there, we left to go on Tuesday. We went to a place called uh, Bryson City, North Carolina. And in Bryson City, North Carolina, they have the Polar Express. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but it meant everything to my six-year-old and my four-year-old. We arrived, and that train pulled up, and it said the Polar Express on the side of it. And my little Matt and I said, Dad... I said, yeah. He said, hot chocolate. <laughs> I said, that's right. Hot chocolate. We got on that train, and uh, we began to, that, that train began to move, and they started looking out the window, and that train, they'd never been on a train before. That train was moving, and all of a sudden, that song came on, and those people came down the aisle, and they, if you've seen the movie, they started dancing in the aisle about hot chocolate. And then they started serving it. Everybody got their hot chocolate. And then it got even better. They brought a chocolate chip cookie. And then all of a sudden, they started telling the story. And we arrived at the North Pole. And I'll never forget, we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, this girl goes, are you ready for Santa? And all these kids on this train started screaming, Santa, Santa. And this Santa walked on the, on the train. And my Samuel, Matt and I, jumped in my lap. And they said, Dad, it's Santa. <laughs> and then he walked over and he gave my children this bell. And they began to ring this bell. 
And my children looked at me and couldn't even talk because they had gotten a bell. <laughs> it was unspeakable. It was just unfathomable that they got this bell. Now, once we got in the car, I was ready for that bell to be unspeakable. Because <laughs> it rang all the way home. But it was just an exciting moment. You know, it was an exciting time. But we got home and they didn't know that uh, we had gotten for them um, the Polar Express train to go around the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> But we opened that up, and if, I wish we'd had a camera when we did it, but we didn't. We didn't, weren't even thinking about it. We open up the, the paper, the wrapping, and both of them go, <gasps> It was an unspeakable moment. Can I tell you, honestly, that sometimes I wish I could go back to being a kid again? Because it's the little things in life that just stop you in your tracks. Can I tell you that when Jesus Christ came into my life and saved me, it was a moment that I'll never forget. It was a moment that I love speaking about, but it's a moment that I cannot even begin to comprehend. It's a moment that I cannot even begin to understand why God would send his only son to die for me and shed his blood and give his life on Calvary for me. I don't understand it. But this one thing I know, that as long as I live, I may not be able to understand it. But I certainly, certainly want to be thankful. I certainly want to put my thanksgiving into action because of what he did for me on Calvary. The redemptive work of Jesus Christ. No matter how difficult our situation may be, we always have the work of Calvary to bring thankfulness to our mind. Joy is the simplest form of gratitude. Joy is the simplest point. Listen, if my children, and they did, but if my children would have never said thank you to me for this Polar Express train, the expression on their face told me thank you. The same way it is in our lives. Listen to me, Christians. We don't need to be walking around a, a mopey face. We don't need to be walking around living our life in defeat because people around us are watching us and the greatest thing that we can do is show them the joy of Jesus Christ. To show them that we have the victory because of the unspeakable gift. Number two, let it be our relationship with him. Not only his redemptive work, but our relationship with him. Henceforth, uh, John chapter 15 tells us, I call you not servants, for the servants knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. The relationship that I have with my Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have a friend in Jesus, you have a reason for gratefulness. No matter what happens, we have a reason to rejoice. John F. Kennedy said it this way, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. Boy, what a great thought. It's not enough just to utter the words. We have to live by them. Number two, the inspiration of our gratitude. What inspires us? What are we inspired by with our gratitude? Well, what should make us continue on and live our lives in a grateful way? Besides saving us, God does so much which should inspire us to gratitude. First of all, the strength of God inspires us. I want you to look with me in verse number five. 
The strength of God inspires us. The Bible says in Psalm 95, 5, the sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Listen, the sea is his and he made it. He, he has the strength. He has everything that we need. He has the power uh, to overcome. He has everything that a Christian needs. All we have to do is, is tap into it. We just have to grab a hold of it and gravitate to the strength of God. Psalm chapter 121 says, My help cometh from who? The Lord which made heaven and earth. That is where my help comes from. He is my helper. Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will uh, have even more to express gratitude for. Listen, the strength of God is something to be thankful for. Not only that, the sustenance of God, the things that we possess, uh, the things that he gives to us inspires us. The sustenance of God. He has what we need. Bible says in Psalm chapter 37 and verse 25, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. In other words, the, the psalmist is saying here, listen, God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. God's got everything that he needs, or that you need, excuse me, and he will take care of you. But my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He has the supply. I love what he, the psalmist David said. He said, I have been young and am now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. He said, I've watched it all of my life, and God has always taken care of me. My grandfather, before he went to heaven, I remember him sitting down one time and telling me the same exact thing. He looked at me and he said, Lee, he said, there were many times in my life where I didn't know how we were going to provide the next meal. I didn't know how we were going to take care of the next problem in our life. I didn't know what God was going to do. He said, and now that I'm old and now that I'm getting ready for heaven, he said, I can look back and I can realize this one thing, that God never failed me. God never failed me. God never forsook me. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm in the middle of. You don't know the devastation. You don't know the heartache. You don't know the need. I may not, but I know the one who has the answer. He's got it. All we've got to do is go to him. Listen, I, I, and I'm the same way, if I'm perfectly honest with you. I, I'm the same way. I, I begin to look at my situations and my circumstances and wonder to myself, how am I going to fix it? How am I going to take care of this? How am I going to do this? And God keeps reminding me by a tap on the shoulder, hey, you're not. I am. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to care for it. I've got it all under control. The Bible says in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights with whom no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. God knows. You know, I, I know I often refer to my children, but you know my my, my two little boys, they don't understand money. They don't understand how it works. The other day, one of them came to me and said, Daddy, I need a dollar. I said, I don't know if I can afford that. I said, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you every dollar in my wallet. 
And they looked at me and said, really? And I said, yeah, and I opened my wallet and it was empty. And I'll never forget, this was my little Samuel. He looked back to me and this is what he said because we knew we were going on vacation. He said, Daddy, now we can't afford to go on vacation. And I looked at him and this is what I said. This is what I said. And this is what the Father says to us. I said, you don't have to worry about that. I've got it all under control. You say, Pastor, that's so simple. It is simple. Why can't we apply it to our own lives? When we look at our circumstances and our situation, God is in heaven looking down and saying, stop looking at your circumstances and look at me. I've got it all under control. That's the problem. The problem is is that we want control. And sometimes it's just best that we let go and allow God to take control. Because he can control it a whole lot better than we ever could or can. Lyndon B. Johnson said it this way. If future generations are to remember us, I love this, remember us with with more gratitude than sorrow. Listen, we must achieve more than just the miracles of technology. We must also leave them a glimpse of the world as it was created, not just as it looked when we got through with it. What a great thought. Don't leave it just like it is. Leave leave them a glimpse of how it once was. Boy, I can look back on my life, and many of you can say the same thing, and see where God has brought me from to where I am today. And I don't know about you, it puts me into a whole different perception. It puts me into a whole different perspective of my life when I begin to see what God has accomplished. Let us see the saints of God inspire us. The saints of God, the people of God inspire us. Verse number seven says it this way in uh, chapter number 95. It says, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. The saints of God inspire us. Philippians chapter one and verse number one, it says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons, these are the saints of God, all the servants, all the people of God, all the saints of God, everyone involved are here to encourage us to be grateful. Sometimes people disappoint us, yes, that's true, but oftentimes people inspire us. You don't know this, and I would never call you by name, but I say this with all truthfulness and humbleness that I can possibly say it. There are many people in this room that inspire me, and you don't even know it. I look at your lives, and I see what God is doing, and you inspire me to keep going. You inspire me to see the relationship that you have with God, the relationship that you have with others, and you inspire me. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? That's exactly the way the Christian life should be. There should always be people in front of us that are inspiring us, they're encouraging us, they're telling us to keep going, to keep moving, and that is what God wants people to do in in the church of God. Listen, God is not looking for someone to disappoint you, he's looking for someone to inspire you. Listen, that's what we should be. We should be people that, that, that help inspire other people. I love stories, and they just put one out about races and how that, that people are running marathons. And, and I read a story just a few weeks ago about a man that was running a marathon, and he was in first place. 
And he got around the last corner and the last bend. As he was heading around the corner, he heard something. And then he stopped. And he turned around and looked behind him. And probably about uh, uh, seven or 800 feet, a lady had hit the ground. And people were beginning to gather around her. But other runners were just running right past her. He stopped. And people were screaming at him, cross the finish line. Cross the finish line first. He said, no, I can't. I can't cross the finish line. I have to go help her. And he turned around and he walked back and he picked her up. And two other runners picked her up and helped her. And they ran her across the finish line. As they were across the finish line, there was a reporter there. And she turned to the man and she said, why in the world would you give up a victory for someone else? And this is what he said. I'll never forget it. He said, because one day I'm going to need someone to carry me across the finish line. One day I'm going to need someone to carry me across the finish line. Listen, church, that's what we are here for. We're here to help carry people across the finish line. Letter D, the satisfaction of God inspires us. The satisfaction of God inspires us. Psalm chapter 1 and verse number 5. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Listen, God inspires us. A little boy was at a restaurant. This is a, kind of a cute little story. A little boy was at a restaurant and the waitress brought pie and he said, thank you, ma'am. She said, oh, I just love hearing that. And he said, well, add a little ice cream and you'll hear it again. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> that, 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 that is just gratitude at its finest. Gratitude at its finest. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Listen. I know sometimes it's hard to be thankful. And I know sometimes it's hard to put our thanksgiving into action. Listen, when we begin to stop, or when we can stop focusing on us, and we can start focusing on Him, it will change our complete perspective. Number three, and I'm done. The expression of our gratitude. How do we express it, Pastor? We, we've, been, we've been told that, that we are supposed to be thankful. We're told that we're supposed to be grateful. But you tell us that thanksgiving is an action word. How can we put thanksgiving into action let me just give you two simple thoughts and i'm done spiritual gratitude is expressed through spiritual worship spiritual gratitude is expressed through spiritual worship first of all we worship through our praise we worship through our praise i hit on this a little bit last week but i i just want to share it with you one more time let me me give you a verse hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 15 by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to god how long Continually, that is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Listen to me, church. I believe with all my heart, and I'm going to be very careful here because I know this can be a very sensitive subject. And so I'm going to be very careful. But God created music for worship. God created music to to lift up and to praise his name continually. 
when we come to church and you come in and the music is playing and, 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 and you begin to, 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 to get into the spirit of worship and, and, and service and, and you walk in and all of a sudden the, the choir walks in and Pastor Parker gets up here. He says good morning and he shares a verse with you and then, they start, and then we start singing. Can I tell you that, that at that very moment in your life, you should transcend your pride and you should, and you should put anything else out of your mind other than the fact that you need to worship. And you should open your mouth and you should begin to sing. You should begin to, 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 to voice the, the praises to God through song. The Bible is very clear about that in many places in the scripture where it talks about that we are to sing and that we are to rejoice and that we are to lift up praises to him. Listen to me, church. If you don't like doing it now, I, excuse what I'm about to say, but you're going to have to get over it because we're going to do it in heaven. We're going to do it in heaven. We're going to be singing and praising God in heaven. Can you imagine, I, I, th this is like beyond my comprehension, but I can just see the rapture of the church taking place, and there we are in heaven, all of us together for the very first time, and the Bible says that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord, and after we confess, I can only imagine someone going, amen. Zing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And then somebody behind them starts singing. And then somebody else. And by the time the whole heavenly host is singing, we're singing, When we've been there 10,000 years. You said, Pastor, you can't sing. I know. <laughs> no one has to tell me that. I'm good with it. But it's not about that. Listen, you get in your car and you're having a bad day, turn on some music that glorifies God. When you get in the car and you're having a good day, turn on some music that glorifies God. Listen, there's just something about entering into a heart of worship that'll change you. Now, don't walk away from here and say, well, pastor's given us a talk about music. Because I'm not. I like all kinds of music. I do. But this is what I know. Is that there's just something about being able to sing the praises of our Savior. Revelation chapter 7 gives us a glimpse into heaven. Chapter 7, verse number 12 says this, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Listen, we're going to be singing and praising God for all of eternity.
we should begin now here on earth. Not only that, we should worship through our giving. We should worship through our giving. We talked about this last week. You can't take giving away from thanks. We should worship through our giving. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man as he according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity. And we've talked about this before. For God loveth a hilarious giver. That's what it means. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency, listen to this, all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. We cannot take the giving out of thanks. So let's decide that we are are going to be people of thanksgiving. By the way, and I'm not just talking about monetary giving. I'm talking about giving of everything that we have. Giving of our service, giving of our hearts, giving, of, giving of, uh, of exactly what God has laid on to our hearts. Just being people that are giving people. I didn't understand it until I had kids, and I'm going to be perfectly honest about that. I, I, and, and I was married a year and a half before we had our first child, but th- there was, I never understood the old adage, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Now, I'm going to tell on myself because you don't want me to tell on you, so you, you just forgive me, all right? I like getting stuff. How many of you would say you like getting stuff? Come on, be honest with me now. If you didn't raise your hand, I'll see you at the altar. Um, we all like getting things. We all enjoy it. But the first time, and really, and really it wasn't even when he was a baby, he was a little bit older, that first time that you give that gift and you see the light on a child's face, it really changed my whole perspective. Because this is what I think. And, and, and you say, Pastor, you're stretching a little bit. I don't really think I am. I think every time I give to God, there's that same expression. No matter if I'm serving Him, no matter if I'm giving what he's blessed me with, no matter if I'm helping somebody else, no matter what I'm doing in my life, if I'm giving, I almost see it like I see my children's faces when they get something that they so want. Because God says that he will take the things that we give, listen to me, and he will multiply them. He will multiply them. And do far exceeding above anything that we could think. Listen, I don't know about you today, but I just want to celebrate the goodness of God in my life. And I can do that through thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is that action word. It's putting what we know into action. It's authenticating it. It's no longer that we're processing it. It's no longer that we're just trying to understand it. But we're approving it and we're putting it into action. Now, that's a very interesting word, that word approve. Because it has the word prove in it. You see, when you, when you get approved for a loan or you get approved with your credit card when you swipe it, the bank is saying that they are proving that they have the funds to cover it. 
When you decide to get all in with God, uh, uh, the Bible says that we become workmen that are approved. What are we doing? We are just proving that God is who he says he is. We are just proving that God is going to provide and that God is going to do exactly what he has promised that he will do in the word of God. And so we no longer are processing it. We are now proving God. And how do we do that? We do that through our thanksgiving. So today, let's, let's take that next course of action in our Christian life. And let's be people that are authentic in our Christian life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening so well today.